You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was you brilliant. Did see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, ground. that was brilliant. Hello! I'm Hugh Thorpe. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 39 of the Real Reading Podcast with our special guest this week, Phil Eels from Honest Burgers. Uh, coming up, we've got a slightly shorter pod this week as we need to prep for the Christmas special next week, um, which will be a sort of maybe kind of almost try to be live episode, which will be out on Christmas Eve, the 24th of December. That when Christmas Eve is. That is when Christmas Eve is. I'm trying to remember that. (laughs) Christmas isn't like Easter. It's on the same date every year. (laughs) Yes. We're going live. Well, sort of. We might do some Facebook Live, but probably not. It will be more as in we're going to try and get a bunch of people in a room and kind of just go through the whole thing in a sort of live format. Hopefully someone doing some jingles. Oh, it may well be, but it'll be for listening pleasure. And it's Christmas, so I'm sure our... Our listeners can So us. you sat down and thought, how can I make this podcast even more chaotic? Yeah. <laughs> uh, people wandering Let's around in the get background. Crowds. It's going to crowd. Yep. But it's uh, we'll we'll be um, we'll be doing it somewhere a little bit special, raising a little bit of awareness for a local charity as well. So um, you know, Ooh, any good. any sort of uh, uh, nerves you have, uh, we're doing it for a very very good reason. Is it a secret? Uh, I don't want to put it out there just until I've absolutely 100% confirmed where we're doing it, but um, I have spoken to them and they're very keen. It's just nailing down the day. So once we've done that, um, we will put it out there where we're going to be doing it. So um, here is our mate Jeremy with how you can get in touch with the show. Get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email Get Reading at reachplc.com. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, please do get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We haven't had a lot of people getting in touch with us lately. I don't know if that bodes well or, or not, really. But Maybe they're just happy with what we're doing. Precisely, yes, it could be. No complaints. Absolutely delighted. So, um, it's not like there's much else going on at this time of year, is it? No. Um, so I went down to Honest Burgers and I recorded an interview with uh, Phil Eels. You know where Honest Burgers is? It's in Marketplace. I do. Um, have you been? Have you been? Relatively new, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sort of. So? In the last year or so, yeah, certainly. Um, it's I do it's know. flipping nice. It's really, really good. The the food in there. We're going for our get ready Christmas party there. Going to go and have a bit of bit of food. Which um, I can't come no, to. You can't come to. We deliberately organised it like yeah, that. So. I know. I didn't realise that. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So, but they they were great. We had a bit of an evening there um, about a week ago, and uh, they t- you know they, they did sort of almost a bit of a media presentation um, to to a lots of local people. Explore Reading. Claire from Explore Reading was there. There were a couple of people from um, Reading University who work on the newspaper at Reading University, which I didn't know they had a, un- a newspaper at Reading University, but mm. I, I do now. Is it like Press Gang, the classic? <gasps> Dexter Fletcher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to say yes, because I don't know any better. So yes, definitely, it's completely exactly the same as that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so honestly, it was great. It was really, really, really tasty food. And what I'm you looking, have? Uh, 
I had the chili the burger? chili burger. Oh. oh, it was great. It was so good. Not a vegan one this time. No, no, the vegan one is great. But one of the things they did for us was they just um, said, the, the trouble sometimes is that you never taste the burger just on its own. So they got the burger out, they made a couple of burgers, got them out to us and just like tasted it without any of the other stuff that you would normally have in it. So just the patty. <laughs> the then, patty. Yeah, honestly, honestly, the honest burger patty was, it was oh, delicious, just delicious. Was it? Yes, mm. absolutely great. So, um, as I say, it's going to be a slightly shorter podcast this week. There is no fort explains it all, um, but we do have the fact of the week, and we do have um, what we've been up to, which we will very swiftly move on to. Hugh, you uh, look like you're in a lot of pain. I am in a lot of pain. I am... Stairs were in the highlight. The, the stairs, stairs are my worst enemy. I'm, I'm dreading walking back up because my my calves are cramping up chronically. <laughs> Why is this? What have you been up to? I did something really stupid and played football. Right in oh. a charity football eleven aside eighty minute football match at the weekend for my cricket club Twyford and Ruscombe against the Twyford Comets Football Club. Right, it was their coaches, and we had an epic four three tussle. I set up a goal with a, it was 60 yards yesterday, so it's a 70 yards today. <laughs> through, through ball, if you can imagine the uh, the Man City midfielder, David Silva, it's the sort of thing he does several times during a game. This difference for me is that this is the first time in my life I've ever done anything <laughs> like that. Um, it was thoroughly enjoyable, but um, I'm really suffering it now because I'm, uh, I'm 37. And I don't play football very often. <laughs> Did and you not do some suitable lunges? And things I was out on the field. Up? I was out on the field an hour before the game, <laughs> <laughs> warming up, oh. trying to mitigate the damage I was getting, knew I was going to do to myself. But um, it's really weird when you're running around and playing. You think it's not so bad, you know? Maybe I could do this again. And then, and then the second the game finishes, you suddenly think, "Oh my god!" Every <laughs> single muscle Why in your body tightens. <laughs> And they've seemingly continued to tighten. And now, um, <laughs> I we, bet you didn't do a warm down. Uh, no, not, not a warm down. Oh, no. you're, the, you're a pro, aren't you? I'm not. So, mm, that's a very strong word for what I class <laughs> as playing football. But certainly would have done a warm, a warm we, down and a cold bath, mate. That's what we I went done. to. We went. We went to the pub in the. We had ah, a, right. Okay. This the is. Same. Start, yeah, same. definitely the same. You, no, you're on the right track. Yeah. We, we, we went to the pub because it was our actual the cricket club AGM. Um, in the evening which was far less exciting than the football match but um, I think the highlight of the AGM was when I got an absolute chronic attack of crap in my right hamstring and had to I kicked, my dad was sitting next to me I kicked him trying to straighten my leg out and then I had to stand up and say and say, I'm very sorry everyone I'm not standing up for any kind of reason I've just got crap <laughs> not because I strongly really, disagree with it what was, saying it was really painful and it wouldn't, I had it for about 10 minutes it wouldn't go away and um Eventually, it went away, and I haven't had another attack in my hamstring. <laughs> it should have been like uh, Harry Redknapp in I'm a Celebrity and got Noel Edmonds to stretch it out for oh, you. Yeah, where was, where was Noel where Edmonds? Where was Noel when you needed him? him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really good fun, actually, the football. But Did it's, you win? We lost 4-3. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's okay to lose. But yeah, they, that's we, actually quite. That's a good scoreline we against in, the coaches. We were it? right in the game, and then they missed. There was this lad who must have been about sixteen, 
15 or 16 lurking around the touchline and they decided they needed to bring him on with 20 minutes to go he was very fast he was their secret weapon and he just kept on running past mainly me uh, he was like this bloke's quite a lot older and definitely slower <laughs> picking on picking on the weak <laughs> and, um, super sub yeah and they, they won that changed the game but mm. I, I like to think I did alright I was playing again uh, stick to yeah, cricket this time next year yeah <laughs> I would imagine Rach where have you been yeah. um, my weekend was considerably less painful than Hughes thankfully so oh. Zach and I went to some very lovely uh, a carol concert oh yes at St Peter's Church in Caversham on Saturday it was the the Sainsbury singers doing it who they do quite a lot of performances at um, the Hexagon they normally do one a year at the Hexagon and then they'll do another one somewhere yeah. else. Oh, wow. Um, there's a theatre in Woodley somewhere at the community centre place. Oh, is it the Oakwood? I've forgotten what it's called. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Community centre in Woodley, that seems to do... That's where they do everything in Woodley. Yes. Yeah. My knowledge of Woodley is really limited. We need to ask Lucy, didn't we? Yeah, she's not here, though. Um, yeah, so they were sort of doing the concert, but it, uh, and they are as the name suggests, singers. Uh, so it was really, it was really nice. Oh, and lovely. it was a sort of a mixture of the, the classics, a bit of uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> can you see why I'm in the choir now? I can, yeah. 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 Uh, and Simon Cowell's listening. She's available. And then some other sort of vocal stuff that we wouldn't know. It was just really, it was really nice. Oh, my frequent uh, visits to have to take Zachary to the bathroom in the middle, <laughs> uh, missing possibly a third of the performance due oh. to that, but oh, otherwise it was good. Did you have to sit on a pew? I did hew, yes, yes. on a pew. They're very uncomfortable, aren't they? I know the church likes yeah. to maintain certain traditions, and, and uh, but um, you know perhaps oh, they get more people in the church if they're more comfortable seats. Slightly more like a they modern cinema. Underneath <laughs> yeah. each pew. Ooh. Nice. Which was nice, but it just meant that the back of your legs got a roast in. Whilst you were... <laughs> uh, but yeah, they did a, a really good rendition of the 12 days of Christmas with actions that we had to join in. It was quite fun. Oh, right. Seven Lords Elite. This isn't going to work on the no. podcast. Yeah. I'll probably Lords tear my hamstring doing it as well, but uh, I can imagine the yeah. Seven Lords are leaping. Lords are leaping. Was, uh, Maids of Milking was an interesting one as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. yeah. Mm. No, no Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. Well, uh, so I went to, we mentioned we had them on a couple of weeks ago. I went down to the Double Barreled Brewery Tap Room. Oh, yeah, how was what it? What a play. It's great. I mean, it's, it's in a. It's one of the, so tap rooms traditionally are well I say traditionally these days are in warehouses on um, industrial estates but once you go inside you never aside from you know the fact that it looks like a bit like an industrial unit they've done up really really nicely and ultimately the beer is really really good um, so they're brewing it all on site yeah it's all brewed on site and it, you can drink it on site and it's 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 great it's a little bit of a walk down Portman Road but it's um it's it's really so where good. where is it at so, the other side so, of Tesco's yeah, so we, well, it's up the, up the top end. It's up the top end by the other, the opposite end of um, the Oxford Road, so Northcote Road end uh-huh. up that way. Um, I guess near Screwfix is the best. Is the <laughs> best way I can describe be it. Point of reference as well. <laughs> um, just just on that though, just while while we're there, there was a there was a match on at Scours Lane, so me and a friend popped down to the game, and I'm not. 
going to talk about the football because we've spoken about football. But while we were sat there in the absolute pouring rain, the thing that made it absolutely worthwhile was that uh, in the distance I heard a little toot. And I was like, oh, my ears pricked up. What was then, it? Oh, what was that? What's that? Because the Scouts Lane, the, the Great Western Railway runs alongside, so you, you often see um, high-speed trains running across the top of the, the football stadium. What the noise football was ground. it again? Toot! It was Thomas the Tank. No, it wasn't. It was a big old steam train, though. It went <laughs> along. Uh, it was. A, I'm, I'm reliably informed it was a <laughs> clan line merchant navy. Which, if anybody just interesting is it? In, oh, it was just into your dad. Oh, in front I'm of into my, my dad. Eyes. But it was amazing just watching this steam train. I've got a nice video of it. I'll, I'll put it up on the Twitter. But it's uh, that'll be lovely. Oh, I know it will. <laughs> so you got the, 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 the two things: football and trains. Happy, happy days. <laughs> You're getting steaming in the brewery, and then the train comes steaming along. Exactly, something along those lines. But it was just—it was all very exciting because I heard it in the. Oh, that's coming this way. Yeah. Should we get back there's to the a, beer? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a cricket ground somewhere where we used to play, where the street steam train used to go past while you were playing. Was, Fantastic. I think it was a place called Bledlow. Oh, okay. Which sounds yes. like it should be in Wales, but it's not. <laughs> it's in Buckinghamshire. This this was this was about mid-game, and I'm sure the referee sort of blew the whistle to call a halt to proceedings while he watched the train go past. But it was great. Um, Hugh, it is now Reading Fact of the Week time. Yes. Are you ready with I've the fact of the I've got one, yeah. Okay, well. Reading Fact of the Week. Here we are, Fact of the Week time. This is a um, Reading being a well-known culinary destination. Oh, yes. Yeah. We is talked about that last week, didn't we, with our Michelin star? Michelin star, yes, Master Chef. Master Chef. Chef. Hours, yes, it's hours. Yes, he's, uh, <laughs> he, is prog- he has progressed considerably in Master Chef. Just he's, remember when this goes out. Oh, God, he might have won. He'll yeah. probably have, yeah. you know, cha- been the Champions League or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is very exciting. The first ever Little Chef was opened in Reading. Oh, Where? Funny you should ask. <laughs> you don't know, do you? It was in Basingstoke Road. Ah. And it was in 1958. And it had 11 seats. <laughs> Which one's... odd number. Which one's yeah. the Basingstoke? Where's the Basingstoke? Uh, to Basingstoke, obviously. But it's... Um, the A33. It's... It's yes, parallel to parallel the 33, A33 until yeah. you get to the motorway. So I seem to remember driving down... I drove down to Basingstoke with my dad. That's uh, where Morrison's weekend, is. And... He went. Oh, that's where the, that's where Little Chef was. I didn't really. Is, that, that's quite is it still a thing? No, no, I don't think no? it's there anymore. No, well, no, not that one. Little Chef, oh. is, Little Little Chef, Chef is still a thing. Is it Little Chef that Heston Blumenthal went to and oh, um, tried to jazz it up, and he had lots of arguments with the um, the owner who wanted I to think it might be. And I think it's Little Chef where you go in there, and if you want an omelette, they have to be delivered. No, oh, really. Yeah. You can't, often can't have omelettes because they have they they're microwaved omelettes haven't arrived. Oh dear, that's not so, that's not pleasant. It's not it hasn't perhaps moved moved on that much since 1958. <laughs> but uh, the first one was in Reading. Excellent. Um, thank you. Uh, that's the end of part one. In part two, we will be speaking to Phil Eels from Honest Burger. Looking forward to that. Hi everybody, uh, I am here with Phil Eels, who is one of the guys behind Honest Burger in Marketplace in Reading. 
Um, hey Phil, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Yeah. Um, we are actually stood outside your restaurant. We it's are. Uh, what is it? It's um, it's twenty past nine at night. It but is. you've very kindly invited us down to come and have a chat with you. It's a little bit busy in there, so we've had to just come outside just to have a conversation. A bit busy and a bit noisy. Yeah. yeah. So. But um, so, which is good. That's what we you, want to hear. You're not uh, so so Honestburg. How long has Honestburg been here for? Uh, in Reading, we're almost closing in a year. We opened. Uh, I think it's a year next week actually. It's um it's it's how how's it been for you in Reading? It's been awesome. Like. It was our second one out of London, so right. we're really obviously nervous about being outside of London. You know, we're, we're very comfortable in London. People know us there. Yeah. Um, and Reading, uh, obviously not being too far from London operation, yeah. made a lot of sense, you know, easy to get to, and we can sort of keep a close eye. But it, 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 it's gone really well. Like, people in Reading seem to have really taken to us. Um, very, very happy What so uh, What attracted you to Reading? Because, I mean, you know... I, I'm from around here. I can appreciate this place, and I run a podcast that yeah. talks about like all the good things in Reading. But you know, for someone from London, what made you go? Let's go, let's go to Reading. <laughs> well, I can give you the romantic answer. And then Please do. The, That's the, fine. The, We're happy the with the romantic that. answer. Is that we, we, we obviously we came here, and we it, it seemed like it was full of our people. And obviously, being close to London, uh, people that was, uh, probably heard of us and have probably tried yeah. a burger before from us in London. And we felt that those people were sort of living here, um, and and it was it was a, a town full of uh, you know of, of people who are into their food, um, and it felt a little underserved if I'm honest. Yeah. Like we looked here and we, you know, they're, they're, that 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 is the romantic answer. The kind of the, the more businessy answer is when you first go outside of London, you kind of you you don't stray too far from the M25 if you can help it because operationally it's a massive massive burden. You know, like yeah. to get right. Um, so you sort of you're putting a pin in cities like Reading and, and Brighton and Oxford and Cambridge because they're not a million miles yeah. away. So that was it, it, we were in that kind of territory, and then it just felt like Reading was ready for us and that there were our people here. So, so I, I'll delve into a little bit more about the burger because I've had a very delicious burger this evening, <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll but we'll come on to that in a little bit. But what what where, where did you start on its burger? Because it's it's a chain. But it's not. When we were talking earlier, you sort of you bought slightly the idea of being called a chain, yeah. but but it's so it's a chain, but it's not. It's something a bit a bit different. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. We are a chain. I will accept it. I don't like the word. We didn't. We didn't start this business in a boardroom. So a lot of a lot of restaurant chains that you'll have heard of and your listeners will have heard of start with a bunch of people in suits with a load of money, right? Yeah. And that's certainly not how we started you know, me and Tom met in Brighton so is Tom your co-founder Tom yeah he, yeah, he's my co-founder uh, sort of uh, business partner now um, and yeah we met in Brighton in 2008 2009 working in a restaurant together and joked about doing our own street <laughs> food thing we thought we could take on the festival scene rather naively and do a better burger there you know fed up of cheap nasty grey looking burgers for £10 um, so we clubbed three, three grand together each and bought a marquee. Sorry, that's just a 6A to Whitley Wood in the background. Apologies, everybody, if you can hear that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, Phil, carry on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we sort of cobbled together this sort of, we called it a field kitchen, which sounds really middle class. Um, <laughs> uh, basically a tent with a grill and a fryer in it and uh, in Brighton and started doing some events at weekends around our jobs. I was trying to be a journalist at the time. Tom did a business degree. Um, uh, and yeah, it just kind of Sort of yeah. bombed around for a year trying to do make some money which we didn't by the way we didn't make any money <laughs> from our street food setup at all we got lots of queues we were busy yeah. we sold lots of food but we didn't make any money which is 
that's kind of kind of strange, really, I suppose. But well, I mean, look, we were really enthusiastic, and we were we were hell bent on the on the sort of the style of the food and the quality yeah. of the food. We weren't going to compromise on that stuff, and kind of whether we made any money, kind of was a bit of an afterthought. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so your first restaurant, how did that come about? Uh, it was about a year later in Brixton. Tom actually moved up to Brixton. His girlfriend got a job up there as a graphic designer, in, or needed to be up in London for her work. Um, and we'd met uh, who you would say really is a third co-founder, a guy called Dorian Waite, um, for a friend of a friend. And a little bit older than me and Tom worked in some pretty big restaurants, uh, chains. You know, had a lot more experience than we did. Certainly yeah. commercial experience of restaurants. And but wanted to do something for himself. Asked to meet us. Uh, we cooked some food for him. Got on really well. Said he'd get involved. We thought he was going to bankroll the whole thing. We thought he was super rich. <laughs> Went to his nice big fancy house in Clapham. And, uh, but he said, like, I'll match what you guys can put in. So joined us for a nice, uh, wholesome £3,000. And um, yeah, this kind of London business plan started coming through him. And he said that you, you could open a restaurant. You guys have got a really cool name. The product's really great. Um, burgers are going to be big. Yeah. I can help you, which he did. Um, but what he was thinking, and we were thinking proper restaurant you know like high street restaurant get yeah. money get investment like yeah. most restaurants start um but tom moved to brixton by coincidence and discovered brixton market which if any of your listeners haven't been you should all go it's amazing um and it was being regenerated you know no rent for six months i think it was and we could build the thing ourselves i mean That's it's a shoebox yeah. it's yeah, got yeah. 10 yeah. tables so we built that restaurant on less than 10 grand literally built it ourselves um and managed to open that june 2011 and it was just mad like cute I mean I'd, I'd love to tell you it was foresight you need you need some luck <laughs> like we didn't realise how huge burgers were going to go yeah. in London yeah. we didn't realise how popular Brixton was going to become I mean literally every day there was a film crew in there wow. filming something like and I don't mean necessarily about burgers or restaurants yeah. like it would seem like if the BBC News had to do something on the economy they'd do it with the backdrop of Brixton Market yeah. you'd see me or Tom walking past with a burger in our hand in the background, you know, like it was that kind of luck. <laughs> it was some you know? sort of placard just going, oh, yeah, yeah. Eat it on his burger. Yeah, come here, come here. Yeah. <laughs> but we managed to get this kind of, you know, this holy grail of marketing, which is just a really core underground following. Yeah. We didn't talk about it, we didn't, we had a Twitter account, that was it. Um, we're really proud of our food, so people liked it and told their friends to come, and we got queued out the door very quickly. Just, it just kind of went from there. So, so the, just, just very briefly, the, so the, yep. the burgers themselves, yeah. Um, We've had a conversation prior. I can't remember. I don't know what that was. That, that, was, that was the big lemon one. Is that, oh, uh, no, that's the, the oil the one. The three B, the leopard. I think that is. Is it? Uh, all the buses around here are all all colour coded. It's it's, oh, wow. it's wonderful. Very cool. uh, it's very easy. So I'm going to have to jump on one later. But, um, so yes, yeah, but the so the burgers that you have. You were telling me earlier just before I tucked into one. Um, you you're one of the only restaurants to have a license to to cook uh, medium rare burgers. Yeah, yeah, strictly just, speaking. Just talk, yeah, I mean, talk, talk me through that just quickly. A lot of restaurants do medium rare. Can, a lot of burger restaurants can do medium rare. We have our own butchery, which is yes. the thing that no one else has, uh, and no other brand makes their own burger. Everyone buys their burger to a spec that they probably asked for, but they buy it from another place. Yeah. We now do that all in-house, so we get to get the cuts of beef in, and we got this thing called an LTTC accreditation. It sounds really official, but it basically stands for less than thoroughly cooked. Right. Which basically means that we've been accredited, or our butchery has been accredited uh, with the correct standards and processes and policy to serve our burgers medium rare, basically. And only 10 other businesses in the whole of the UK have that. We're the only restaurant business that have wow. it. The other, okay. the other nine are all like distributors. Yeah. The last thing I just wanted to, to talk to you about, so 
obviously, so I've, I've been to uh, I've been to your Bristol restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's delicious. Um, but what I what I saw was that every restaurant you have, I, as far as I understand, has a burger that is tailored to where they're from. Yes. So you have a Reading burger. We do. We have a Reading burger every every. I think not not all thirty now. I think about twenty have a local burger. Yeah. Their restaurant, obviously including the London ones. But yeah, we have a Reading burger using Reading ingredients, which the staff go out and source. The chefs have a say in that. Um, I know there's. I mean, a... this is this is this is the whole trying a chain, not trying to be a chain. Yeah. Like, it's uh, <laughs> this is this is when we sit in a room and go, how can we not feel like a chain? Yeah. And we go, local burgers. That's how we should do it. And it's <laughs> and it's been great, you know, like because it's actually the right thing to do, particularly yeah. outside of London. You know, it's really gone down really well here and in Bristol as well like it really works and uh, any anyone that listens to our podcast knows that I'm a big fan of the, of the, of the real ale uh, certainly like the craft beer and that kind of thing and you also obviously link up with local breweries so you've got here I you think do. you've got Siren Craft Brew yep. which we're big big fans of yep. and uh, Wild Weather which is um, also, I think slightly lesser known mm. perhaps but but also very very good local brewery to, to Reading as well so how, how do you how do you choose those um, obviously, we, we come into the towns, we do our research. We've got a guy in the business called Adam who's probably got the greatest job in the world, um, where he basically, his job is to go to these places, find breweries and yeah. gin distilleries and local <laughs> Awful. This local sounds awful. How do places, I get that job? You know, popular <laughs> local restaurants and you know, producers for local yeah. ingredients to do burgers, and his responsibility is to do that whole local side of the, of the, of the business, uh, which is a pretty amazing job, isn't it, let's be honest. <laughs> but he obviously finds these breweries and he, he yeah. knows this stuff when it comes to beers and stuff. So we, we know it's not, it's really not for the sake of doing it. Like we, we're not just going to pick any old local brewery if we don't think the beer is very good. Yeah. You know, not every microbrewery does great beer, yeah, just like true. every restaurant does do great burgers. So, um, so you know, we, we taste and we try and, and we try and create a relationship. And, you know, the wild weather guys are amazing. They, they said can we make a beer just for you and yeah that was their that's idea great. you know that's so we've great. got the, the honest king street pale ale is our beer that they brewed for us and we've got um uh in bristol as well the guys over there made a uh, made a beer for us uh we've got a gin our own gin as well yeah. from bristol company so it's awesome like and i didn't see that stuff coming when we it is it. yeah it's perhaps not what you started out doing but it's a big part of it now yeah it's 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 great like we like we like a bit of autonomy so for me it's more it's great I think for customers obviously the burger's got to taste good but I just like the fact that the staff get a bit of a say in in the thing in their restaurant you know I want the restaurants to feel like they're a bit more individual and that's down to the staff the staff have got to feel like they can have an impact albeit maybe a a small one relatively speaking on the menu Um, but that they can make it feel a bit like their own you know we kind of demand that from, from the managers that they take a bit of ownership so I love it it's great the, the local <laughs> thing's awesome Phil something about us something sorry this is this is because I've had a couple of pints of the wild weather yeah. just before we came out um, so we were trying to ask finish every interview with um, just, just trying to get the, the interviewee to tell us something about you that you might not know um, this all stems from discovering that one of the interviews we had actually was in a really quite famous pop band or it, sorry indie band um, sure? some, something about you that, that perhaps okay. you wouldn't I know. mean I'm not sure your listeners will have ever heard of me or know me anyway <laughs> but but um, God do you know I this is a this is a claim and I could get in trouble for this maybe but I think I invented fast track queuing at theme parks when right. I was 13 <laughs> And someone can fact check me. I'm 35 now, so that was 1996. I was about 13. I went to Oldham Towers, queued for about four hours to get on the Nemesis, and had this 
idea pinging into my head that you know when you go to Sainsbury's and you go yeah. to the deli and you used to yeah. pick a ticket with a number yeah. on. I was like, why don't they do that at theme parks where you like go and you take a ticket with a number and there's like a big my I think my idea was like a big tannoy system where they call out <laughs> twenty nine Nemesis or something and just leg it and you leg it back there right which obviously is not exactly how it works now. Anyway, I actually wrote this. I haven't got any change. Sorry. I wrote this in a letter to um, Owen Towers when I was 13, which is the truth. My mum would, <laughs> would verify this, uh, saying this idea. And they wrote back saying, cool, we'll talk about that. Here's two free tickets, yeah. which I was absolutely delighted, delighted with. with yeah. And I went back then. Uh, my brother went the next year. He said, oh, they had this kiosk thing on Nemesis <laughs> or one of the other big rides. It wasn't Nemesis, I think it was one of the other ones. And it was like, it was like this turnstile thing. And it, I think they were trialing your idea. And then the year after that, bang, fast track queuing. <laughs> now, I'm pretty aware that it's also in America and that's where you completely predate my idea. But I still had it. Yeah. So I like to tell people I've made a fast track queuing. I'm happy with that. That's good. Is that all right? Yeah. So thank you very much for your time. <laughs> my pleasure. Cheers. Thank you very much. No Uh, my interview with Phil Eels outside. It was actually outside on his burger. We it was a bit noisy inside, so we had to we had to go outside and record it uh, with some of Reading's finest and several mentions of buses going past. But it was uh, it was good fun. Um, so yeah, get down to Honest Burger and have a flipping nice burger because it's good. Oh, I haven't had a good burger for ages. Well, you could on Wednesday, but uh, sadly you're uh, unavailable. Yes. Um, now it's time for everyone's favourite random question. The random question. And I don't know whose go it is because I can't remember. Pick me, pick me. I'm gonna pick Rach. There we go because she shouted loudest. Oh, is that how it works? It is. What's this week's question? Uh, sports club or team that you were involved in? <laughs> so you, you I'm involved in Twyford and Ruscombe cricket. I've been involved in many sports teams. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to talk. Everyone knows I played for cricket for Twyford. Yeah. I have done for many, many since I was 14. I'm now 37. So um, next year is my 24th, 24th season, and I'm still rubbish. It's <laughs> 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 probably not going to get any better. <laughs> But the team I want to talk about is the um, the Burfield Boys Football Club, right? Which I played for for many years as a boy with all my mates. We were the second worst team in but in the in the whatever league structure we are. We for many years we used to finish one place above the bottom of the bottom right. league, <laughs> and it was there were the only other worst team was Armour Boys, which was a team in Tarlhurst, right? Who we used to have epic clashes with to see you could be you could be the best of the worst teams and we there was one time we beat them I think 7-0 we showed how chronically bad they must have been at the time but then the next year they beat us and we were devastated for for, for years and I think then something happened and they weren't in the league anymore we had to find a new, new team to battle with to be the worst <laughs> but um, we had some good days we had some bad days mostly bad days it was good it was quite good fun um I ended up I started off playing as a striker and then I ended up in goal <laughs> I, moved, I moved back and back and back it's that sort of thing supposed to happen as you go from sort of your 20s to your to your mid 30s you did it between the age of what 10 to 15 yeah yeah I really wasn't very good at football I think <laughs> if I had my time again I probably wouldn't have bothered playing that as much as I did 
I maybe would have tried to go and play rugby instead, which I'm a bit more physically suited to. Um, <laughs> being, being, being short and fat. Yeah. I don't know what you're both thinking. Yeah, but we didn't say it. No, though. that's rude. That's yeah, rude. that would have been rude. But, you know, many memories. All the, uh, if any, any, in the unlikely event of any of my friends listening to this uh, Reading po- really podcast. They might do if you shared it. Again. If only uh, they could have seen you this weekend, though, yeah. with your 80 like yard pass through. Eight, my 125 <laughs> yard pass from behind the goal. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was, they were good days. And the, um, the other one was the Solomonston Nuffton cricket where I played when I was young when I was too young to play for the men's I played there from the age of eight I think and again very good uh, very good structured cricket for, for young people there except my slight bitterness was the best players always did everything so they opened the batting and the bowling in every game and I wasn't one of them <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, often spent, I spent a lot of time fielding but it's okay it's okay these things are designed to make you stronger Yes, range. Oh, I feel a bit left out of this one because I don't. Girl, oh, no, that was a bit sweeping. Girls don't like sport. Girls don't play sport. No, well, I just wasn't in, as involved in sport when I was right. younger as as perhaps you guys were. I, I was in quite a few te- few of the teams at school. I played in um, netball, hockey, rounders teams for the school but the only one that I did outside of school was um, I played for Ranala Hockey Club who were up at Bishopswood in Sonning Common oh, right. where I grew up um, just my uh, overriding memory of that is cold really <laughs> <laughs> just being cold <laughs> I played cricket I played cricket and smacked in the shins with a hockey stick Oof. Yeah. Many times. Is, it, is it still there? Or was it? Is it houses now? No, the, um, Bishops is still there. Whether they still play, I know they play football up there still. Mm. Um, they built a new clubhouse a few years ago, so I think. Yeah. Or we used they to just play. knock the old one down. Oh, I've, to, uh, I've got a little story about that place. May I? That's uh, where I had my eighteenth birthday oh, party really? there. Blimey. We were. My family, talk. my family and I, when we were younger, we were having a very bad-tempered game of tennis in the tennis courts there, which was interrupted by a learner driver who was using to using the car park to to practice. It's got a little roundabout in it, or a little a tree in a round in a round enclosure thing. Oh and, God, um, was it me? I don't know if it was you. <laughs> Whatever you're going to say. And then, <laughs> was it they, me? They were going round, but then they, they hit this thing with such force that it tipped the car onto its side. We had to go and rescue them. And it it was, wasn't me. I can just it remember, it was me. really slow. I don't know how quite how they managed to do it, but it went... It was slow on car roll of all. And then time. I, I remember, yeah, we had to get, we had to help them out. We, I think <laughs> me and my dad had to push it back onto its oh wheel. <laughs> and then we went back to our incredibly bad, tempered game of tennis. <laughs> I forget the score. I still don't like tennis mainly because of those games. Colin well, Thomas, are you doing it or not? No. You play many teams. I play so many teams. No, uh, mine, mine was always, similarly to Hugh, I played in, uh, I played for FC Bracknell in Bracknell and uh, I played, but I played in the FC Bracknell under whatever reserves, which was like anybody that wasn't any good went into the <laughs> reserve team and we'd get beat 10, 15 nil every week. But It's depressing, isn't it? I always, it really is. I always used to feel, this happened to me quite a lot, I eventually ended up in the team and played in defence and was 
I wasn't very good, but I'd play a bit. But you'd have substitutes, and you'd get to like the last 10 minutes, and you'd be 9 0 down. Yeah. And then the coaches would be like, we still wouldn't bring the substitutes on to let them have a run around, and they'd get like two minutes at the end yeah. of the game. And you just think, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if you just let this boy come on the field and have a bit of a run around? Yeah. So he might concede the 10th goal. Oh no, <laughs> it's 10-0 now. We it's, were doing so well at 9-0. We can pull this one back yeah. round though. I just get really, really frustrated, well, particularly when it's you and it's cold. You're this like, was the thing, like, none, none of this ever, none of that ever helped me get any better at football. It was, it was I, I, I think it was only sort of when I started playing more Sunday League that I actually got better at football because I was playing with players that were actually quite good as opposed to all of us who were trying our best but were rubbish. Yeah, do you just think, I know co- this was 20, 20 odd years ago and coaching is completely yeah. different to what it was now but you, you stand there in the cold watching your team and yeah. you're 8-0 down you're thinking the 11 players who started this game have conceded 8 goals <laughs> how could you possibly think I'm getting any worse than these? As, as a child and you're de- as a teenager you're developing and it's just like, yeah. what is the point of this? If these weren't all my mates, I'd just go and sit on a sofa and watch TV and waste my time. Just let me on the field and let what me I, have a run around. What I will say, what I will say, so the, so the team I played for, it was... Run it was, it was like, oh, it's scarred. It's scarred for life. What I would say, the team that I was in was run by a dad who was obviously just trying to get his lad playing football and, you know, credit to him, they turned up every week, they organised a team. He didn't always play his lad. It, it wasn't quite. They were just trying to get. A, there was this bunch of I don't know, fifteen kids who'd been sort of weren't good enough for the first team, and uh, he got them all together. And credit to him, he turned up every week for two seasons. But it just, oh, it was soul destroying at times. It was, yeah. There but there we, we go. Yeah, our, our coach's son always played, but because he was he was left the only left footed player, and he played at left back, and right. so he found himself the perfect reason <laughs> to play every single week. Thanks, you. Thanks, Rach. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. As always. We'll see you for the not-at-all-scary Christmas episode, which will be out on the 24th live. of December. It's sort of, kind live. of, maybe live. No swearsies. Because well, no. we do lots of that anyway. I, I, I had to focus quite hard on that little rant I had about, yes. about <laughs> football. To, uh, but I managed it, I think. Okay, um, here what is... What would you do? Would you beep us out? I think I'd have to. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you can't just, next week. No. Yeah. Well, it's not like we. Ooh, I don't know. I think you can put. I think you can say on when you load this up. Anybody that doesn't know how to load a podcast up to a thing, you can actually tick it and say there is some swearing in this. Warning: explicit language. Like there's old album yeah. stickers on CDs <laughs> yeah. you used to have when you. Were, wow, I'm definitely buying that. Um, thanks, guys. Uh, Jeremy, here's Jeremy with how to get in touch with the show. If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading. And if you've come this far, we assume you must be. Please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. He's uh, a helpful chat. He's very helpful. He's great. Yeah, he's, he's a bit repetitive, though. He needs to <laughs> expand his repertoire. If you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, please do let us know. The only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town, and most importantly, they must love Reading. Um, That's it for uh, this week. We have one more show before Christmas. Um, There will probably be a very short break just over Christmas and after Christmas, uh, and then we'll be back to continue uh, chatting about Reading. Um, So the more the merrier. Come and join us. 
Um, we will see you in a week. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Real Reading podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not a very good idea. Watch that program uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4. Yes, that Did was brilliant. Did you see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant.